Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. This is going to be podcast 604. It'll be broadcast to the whole world, Internet, beyond on October 2nd, 2016. And today uh, I'm doing a duo show, which does not happen very often. And I think it's the first time I've done one with uh, Jen. I have Jen from the Anomaly podcast with hey. me. Hi, Jen. <laughs> Hello. So, yeah, we have, I don't think we've ever done just the two of us. It's usually you and I and Angela or Chris and, and, you know, throw some other mix of people together. So this is, this is a first, I think, after all this time. But yeah, we were, uh, we wanted to do this for a while, I know, and we've talked about different subjects and things like that. Oh, I, I, I know what I also wanted to say. I, I want to do your anomaly intro because I have a really good one. So, so, <laughs> oh, so, I think uh, about those ahead of time, Rico. No, 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 no. You can do it on spur of the moment. You can do it. All right. I'll go first. How about this? Okay. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, oh, how do you guys do it? <laughs> well, we go, hello and welcome to the Anomaly Podcast. Okay, that's right. Hello and welcome to the Anomaly Podcast. I'm Rico, and I can just as easily wield a power saw as a lightsaber, and I am an anomaly. Very good. How's that? Gamble it, Quadrant Golf Clap. <laughs> thank that's what you. we do when something's good. And it's the golf clap. You have to do it with the back of the hand into the palm. I know you do. You do. <laughs> and then someone would see you do that on a video or a picture and they think you're clapping wrong. And yes. they would send us email, like yes. doing the Vulcan salute wrong. Yeah. <laughs> inside joke. But uh, so are you an anomaly too? Or do you want to do one or do you well, not have one? Doing, well, how about I recycle one? Oh, go ahead. Sure. Okay. This is the one I did with Angela in a couple of episodes ago. Let's see. I tried to remember how I, how I said it exactly. Hello and welcome to the Anomaly Podcast. I'm Jen, and my real-life son plays with my adopted Skyrim children, and I am an anomaly. Ah, uh, yes, I remember that. That was a good one. I like that. I like that. He totally does, but only tag. I don't let him do anything else. I mean, sometimes he hunts, but that's it. Well, he that's a kind of open-world game that, you know... It is, and it's, it's dangerous because you can stumble into some really gory things. <laughs> yeah, I don't so. know. See, I know you play that on the Xbox, so uh. is there a way to, like, like let's say, dial the gore down at all on that? I, I only know the PC version. Yeah, but. no, it's... it's. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't. I've never... Oh, okay. But there's just, you know... there's. I just, just... know some of those games have, like, you know, a, a blood setting mm -hmm. or whatever yeah. that dial it's... it back a little or whatever, yeah, you know. Adjusted, too, yeah. But All I'm of not... a sudden, everything's really pixelated, so they can't see it, you know, <laughs> like you're, like it's one of those cop shows. It's like, right. don't look at the blood, kids. It's all blurred. Yeah, that's that would be funny. But uh, so so the... The plan here is the, what, what I what we've been you know like I said we've been talking about doing a show and we had a few ideas but what, what we're going to talk about it's going to be fairly fairly casual nothing super formal but what I wanted to talk to Jen especially about what was a, a couple of things about related to Star Trek and and specifically about the fact that Jen how long ago did you finish your run through of Voyager. Was it? Oh, it was this year. Just this year, right? Yeah. yeah. And and okay, so so what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the other uh, Star Trek series in general, a little bit like Enterprise, especially. I think maybe a little DS Nine, but um, so to, so to start off with, Jen. Mm -hmm. So t tell everyone. So before you w decided to sit down and start watching Voyager, you know, from the beginning through. Had you watched 
any of it before that, or or how much oh. have you had you watched before you you went and and sat down with Netflix or whatever and and ran through the the whole series? Um, well, I had seen. I think when did Voyager come out? Was it well? It started in ninety four, ninety five, okay. early. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was in college at that time, and um, I had seen some of the episodes and I liked it. But then I became a poor college student at one point and couldn't afford cable. <laughs> so, and that was the only way to watch it, right? Because it was yeah, on like that. They did. started that like UPN channel or whatever, right? Okay. So. And that was it. I mean, it, it was on and it was off and that was it. You know, for a couple of years, I couldn't watch it. So um, and then it was on Netflix and I wanted to watch it. But Angela and I have this thing about savoring Trek. Right. She's not reason, watched like what? Tell me. Tell every finished DS9, Voyager or Enterprise. I think she's we've we've all watched most of it, but not all the way, all of it all the way through. OK, so I have seen everything now. All the okay. way through. But a little background, people that are listening probably don't know us, but we are legitimate Trek fans. We grew up on Star Trek. And I mean, like for me, my dad showed me um, TOS when I was a little kid. So Sure, like, sure. And you have Star the you have the, the red Star Trek uniform to prove it, too. Yeah. That, that, and that, we watched yeah. uh, uh, Next Generation. We grew up on it. It was like junior high through high school was our thing, you know. But... Um, so, yeah, but we missed out on the newer series, and we have this thing, like, your whole reason for starting Treks and Sci-Fi was because there was new, no new Trek. Yes. Out. Yeah. And so, you were kind of celebrating Star Trek with the show and, and Trying still... to keep it alive it. a little bit, you know, hey, you guys, remember that show called Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for us... We knew at some point it would be over. Like if we watched all of Star Trek, there would never be anything new that we haven't seen. Yeah, you would. You so, would. It would be like one of the watching one of those old shows that that people do these days, where they just sort of power through them, right? It, and, and then, like, oh, yeah. it's gone. It's, it's over. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now there is new Star Trek, so I'm like, I'm gonna watch all of it. So and in I other words, can't. yeah, because they they announced that Discovery series. Well, at whatever they announced, the series was coming. And then you go, okay, good. That means I, I don't have to savor this so much. It's like you know where your next meal is coming. So, yeah, you could you could open the floodgates and go, okay. Yes, definitely, definitely. And then when I was in when I was in high school, I didn't like the fact that it, TNG was ending and this new show DS9 was coming on. Oh, so you were one of those people who were like, I'm, I want more TNG, not this other show. They're not even on a starship. <laughs> You know, so did you watch? Uh, did you watch any of DS Nine then at all? Yeah, I did little bits and parts. Little bits, uh, yeah. Like uh -huh. episode, season, it was like you know back then I was dating, and so Saturday night I was going out on dates, not watching Star Trek. And that's when Star Trek was so, on. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. and dude, I missed it, but um, I did catch up on it, and I love it. I love them all. Right. So you so you caught up on DS9 and then you before you actually sat down and caught up on Voyager, which is the way because of you, you were hidden, watched a lot of that because of right. college. And, uh, and you know, yeah. I had heard a lot. And this is my bad. Like, yeah, I, I had heard stuff. People didn't like it as much. Well, People it's that whole woman captain thing, right? Because nobody likes Janeway. I, I, that's a joke, by the way. Like, so. Well, that that and I don't know. People don't like Enterprise, which I think is, you know, there are. Well, some there's always going to be somebody, right? There's always going to be people that are ups and downs on the shows, no matter what. You know, there's going to yeah. be the 
there's always the extremes. There's always going to be the ones that like go, though, that's not Star Trek, like they do with the new movies, like they do, have done with other series. And then there's going to be people that, that, you know, try to appreciate them all for kind of what they are. Yeah. Well, until Netflix, until I got Netflix, really, there wasn't a, a easy to way go to buy them. You know, I don't didn't want to spend that much on all. Right. The, right. Like, yeah. Good. Yeah. Now it's super, so, super, yeah, it's super easy. easy. It's like it's it's almost hard, like not to do it. Right. Like like uh, like my older son, Stephen, his 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 wife, Marcy, she she is the. She is the current epitome of of a younger person these days who doesn't watch like network TV. She just basically yeah. plunks down for the weekend and watches like a series. You know, mm -hmm. she 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 just she is the uh, the the what what do they call that uh, binge binging right binge on yeah that's uh, what I do yeah right although yeah. you didn't really binge Voyager I didn't think right me you, no you, I you didn't really watch like how many were you watching like a day a night or whatever I mean you weren't well watching. it depended on uh, whether it was a two parter or if it was a series like that the year of hell I guess right was, okay yeah there are there are some multi part yeah. and arcs and things yeah sure so I. Sometimes I would say, like, I'd be like, no, 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 it's almost over. I got to savor it. So I'd watch one every other night. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah, it, it took a while because I was doing silly things. So, like you, that. so you weren't sitting down on a Saturday morning at like eight in the morning and just like clicking Netflix on. And, oh, then, no, I and, then, and then Dave was like kicking you <laughs> off the couch at like midnight after like uh -uh. No, 12 see, episodes I'm, I'm or whatever, anyway. 16. Yeah. I, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. And so I, I'll. And I am also an introvert, so I have to have time to recharge. Yeah, so I understand. I'm, I'm kind of the same way a little bit, even though I kind of fight my nature a lot of times these days just for uh, for the job that I have and a lot of different reasons. But I, I know how you feel, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I needed time to recharge, and that was how I did it. And Angela and I have talked about how Star Trek to us is like chicken noodle soup. You know, we watch it. <laughs> I like that. I think we need a can, a, a, like a Photoshop can of chicken noodle yeah. soup with like a little Enterprise on it or something. Yeah. When we went to. Well, they've done like, Star Wars we... soup. I don't think they did Star Trek soup. Star, Tre Star Wars is awesome too. And so are the Lord of the Rings is the same way for us. We'll put it on, especially if we have to clean the house for, for a party or something. Yeah. Mess. We put it on in the background. We don't even have to watch it. We're, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, whatever. Yeah. It's just I have it's a hard just, time doing that. I can put on music from like a, a soundtrack or or but I, I or I can put on like a podcast like you guys or or whatever, but I have a hard time with video just being on in the background. It, it, I'll just like I'll I've have it on like down here where all my junk is at, you know, on the TV and I, I sometimes I'll be down here dusting or cleaning. But if it's on, I find myself after like 3 minutes I sit down and I'm just like, "Oh, I'm not cleaning anymore. I'm watching this." So Yeah. But you guys, you guys use it as your, uh, as like a, you know, your your therapy and 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 just uh, to well, get to the day. Yeah, well, sure. It's it's yeah. uh, yeah. It it it's great to to do that, especially if the, you know it's been a hard week or you're not feeling well or for whatever reason. It, it's 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 like the comfort comfort food for for geeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, so so tell me. So you had watched some of Voyager, but not much of it. So I, I, let me know, I guess, how how it started to, I don't know, you you said that you had heard some things about the show and you yeah. had some perceptions. And, and tell me how that sort of 
shifted or, or what you started to think as you started to watch it and and uh, what you you know what you liked, maybe what you didn't like or what you started to think about the show both the characters the plots whatever just yeah. however you'd like to sure answer well that. first of all a lot of I read a lot of stuff about Captain Janeway, you know, and also Picard is my favorite captain. So, you know, the stuff they were saying about Janeway was like she she um, goes against the prime directive too much. She makes stupid decisions. She's not a good captain, blah, 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 you know, fan boy crap. Yeah. And and then you either love her or hate her. That I heard the exact opposite from people. Oh, she's the best, blah, blah, blah. And so it kind of just turned me off. Whenever people rave about something or they get down on it, I the just, extremes just, are hard to deal with for you. You mean no like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, that was good luck really with the election. Oh, I didn't want to say anything about politics, but yeah, <laughs> good luck, good luck with that. Then, yeah, yeah. talk about extremes. So, all right, sorry, derailed. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, I that was the first thing that changed my mind is watching Captain Janeway, and I love. Captain Janeway. I mean, she's right up there. I mean, I, I like several of the captains, but Janeway, I don't know. It's not just because she's a woman. It's just because she's she's got a different angle on how she treats her true her crew and how yeah she looks yeah. at her the perspective. You know, her perspective is different, and it's it's fresh and it's different than what the what the other captains have to offer. And I Definitely. found that refreshing. Yeah. So. I think so too, and I I, I, agree, I agree completely. I think she was put in a unique situation and, and couldn't be really... We're alone in an uncharted part of the galaxy. We've already made some friends here and some enemies. We have no idea of the dangers we're going to face. But one thing is clear. Both crews are going to have to work together if we're to survive. That's why Commander Chakotay and I have agreed that this should be one crew. A Starfleet crew. And as the only Starfleet vessel assigned to the Delta Quadrant, we'll continue to follow our directive. To seek out new worlds and explore space. But our primary goal is clear. Even at maximum speeds, it would take 75 years to reach the Federation. But I'm not willing to settle for that. There's another entity like the caretaker out there somewhere who has the ability to get us there a lot faster. We'll be looking for her. And we'll be looking for wormholes, spatial rifts, or new technologies to help us. Somewhere along this journey. We'll find a way back. Mr. Paris, set a course for home. Aye, Captain. She couldn't follow the rule book to the letter. If no. she followed the rule book to the letter, they'd still they'd be die. stuck in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> oh, spoiler die. alert, they get back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, that was the first thing. And I, I really, because I'm a, I'm a mom now, my son is six years old. I noticed some things about her. She, she's not a parent, but, um, some people have, um, 
an innate, you know, ability to mother or father people, you know, be that type of a role model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah. Picard didn't have that. He was he was a leader and people looked up to him, but he really yeah. wasn't the father figure, I guess, to Wesley. It was just not, I mean, no, he wasn't, no. Him, but he was detached, you know. But yeah. with Janeway, it was different in that she um, wanted the best for them. She she wanted to um, to get to know them on that level, like a family. And it kept being, you know, it was repeated over and over like they were a family. Yes, you know? yeah. And so I I liked that aspect of her character and mm-hmm. just the way she handled some situations there were a lot of times where I'd be like, dang it, Picard, just tell him off. You know, like, I love that episode where he hangs up on that guy on the yeah. view screen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Janeway had more of those kind of moments, and I loved it. So well, I always thought she felt, she always sort of seemed a little Kirk-like to me. A bit. Yeah, I mean, she she, she was much more shoot from the hip. Camera way. <laughs> do, yeah, do do things a little bit off book, you know, and I kind of, you know, since I love Kirk, you know, he's just you know, Kirk, I mean, he's the guy, but, uh, so I kind of like that aspect of that. She wasn't somebody who followed, you know, protocol and, and everything is, as closely as, is maybe Starfleet would say. Yeah. So that was the first thing I liked about it. Um, what do you think about the in- initial like episodes with the, like integrating the, the Maquis with, with the rest of the crew and that, did you think that that, what, did you think it went, um, easily do you think they just sort of oh, what did you think about the idea of having like oh that was know. a great um that was uh, an unexpected outcome for me when i first started watching it was the two would would merge and then over time they they were almost indecipherable you know from yeah. from the rest of the crew they they were integrated so well i mean there were some issues throughout the season with certain characters Balana, especially, probably, you know, she's, you know. And that tension was really important because one of the things about about, um, TNG was that everybody got along. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, there wasn't, it was always, there was some, I I loved the conflicts, you know, Balana's a little bitchy at times. Sorry, can I say that on your show? Sure. Yeah. Um, And, but at the same time. We're PG-13 here. We're we're crazy PG-13 on Treks and (laughs) Sci-Fi. She, she, Bolana was another one of my favorite characters because she was, te- she was definitely flawed. I like characters who have flaws. They're oh yeah, really, you have to have something, yeah. you have to have, you know, there's been a lot of people that have talked about Trek. There's a lot of talk about it these days, especially with the 50th anniversary, right? And, and I, I, I know I've heard you on, you know, I've seen some of your posts and things on Facebook and there've been a lot of people, I know some of these specials that people have been watching and seeing, but yeah, they... You know, there was that one, um, you know, the 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 one that Shatner hosted with that showed the TNG early days, and you know, they said the struggles with the writers of having to write for a show with people who have no conflict is like impossible. It's hard, yeah. Yeah, it's like, hello, how are you today, sir? Very well, thank you. How are you? You know, it's like, yeah, okay, end of end of scene. Yeah, but there were so many possibilities. Um, for her character when they allowed her to have flaws. You know, she had uh, internal conflict she had to deal with. She had conflicts with various members of the crew, like Janeway and Mm -hmm. um, Tom Paris, and just at seven of nine. Yeah. 
You know, she bumped heads with Chakotay just over certain things at times. It was it was cool to see her character evolve because that's another thing that makes a show great is you have to see change. You know, if a character remains the same throughout the series, it's kind of boring. But when what if they can evolve into to this other person, like they start out flawed and they throughout the seasons work on those issues at the end, it's more rewarding when you get to see how far they came. You know, oh, absolutely, yeah, sense. and and uh, you know, there was there was quite a bit in that of in, in Voyager. You know, I, I think uh, I think especially in in that show, I think in in you know in DS Nine, of course, too, in Enterprise, I think they uh, they need to do that. And I think the other the circumstances of Voyager being out there, kind of lost, and uh, she couldn't just be like this, you know commander that just gave orders and everybody just obediently followed them i mean they needed to sort of push each other you know to get the best out of out of what they could do and and question things a lot so uh and there were reasons to question (laughs) yeah no i think so yeah some of the crew members were like the voice of the audience going what are you thinking (laughs) just go home (laughs) yeah stop stopping at all the planets just go go home yeah Stop talking to people and helping people. Just go. Just stop. Don't. Hey, there's an anomaly over here, Captain. You know, I, oh, I used your anomaly term. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, yeah. Well, that's that. That I think that's part of what you guys got it from a little, right? All the space yeah. anomalies and all the Trek shows. Yeah, all the references in Star Trek were about anomalies. So, I, wasn't there a video on YouTube or something where they somebody like clipped all those things together like there's a spatial anomaly captain you know if there is one i would like it because we I think there was i think I, I i don't know i was poking around on there one day about something and i looking at star trek videos and uh but it, but um but you know there there was like you know captain janeway we see something off the port bow well nope just keep going <laughs> yeah there were times when she did that too (laughs) well i don't know if you've you know i don't remember if you've i know you've played some you know a lot of fantasy role-playing games we've talked about that and you've done some Mm -hmm. podcasts but i I don't know if you ever played much pen and paper no it's true in video games for fantasy games just as well it you know the 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 classic idea of you know like playing pen and paper like D D or something like that is you know the game master will say well there's a strange man over in the field nearby And, and and you know like Oh, we just keep going down the road. We ignore him. Okay, adventure over. <laughs> you know, it's like right. You can't do that. Right, and you always there. There were always ways to try to have different like ways of that happening. Right, you don't mm-hmm. always just like oh, there's a stranger along the road. Do you talk to him? Nope. We just keep going. You know, so you got to have different little hooks to pull people in. But but yeah, there were times where it would have been like just keep flying, Voyager. Just keep yeah. flying. <laughs> So the, so what did you start thinking about some of the other characters? You've talked to, you know, a fair amount about Janeway. And so we've got like Chakotay, Tuvok, Neelix, Cass, you know, I uh, really Paris, Balana. Yeah, I really, really love Neelix. And at, but at times there were, it was, it was really awkward between him and um, uh, Cass. And oh, you mean just their supposed yes, relationship that never really seemed so to quite weird. like like seem real in a way? Weird. And he had like this like stalkerish kind of attraction that at times was a, t- a little too creepy for me. But once she left the show, 
I loved him again. He was great. <laughs> he's not. I like those kinds of. Characters. Well, he's no Anakin for creep out. Come on, he's no. no, no he's, he's no. Gross. He's no Anakin. No. Obi Wan. <laughs> I've been thinking about her for so long. Oh, for ten years. I'm telling you, he was. He was like the Dexter style killer, serial killer, stalker. <laughs> Anakin. <laughs> yes. He's over there sharpening up his lightsabers. You know, he's got. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about her. I was watching her while she slept. <laughs> You do that too well. <laughs> oh, poor Hayden Christensen. He'll never live that down. So, uh, poor Hayden. It was the way he was directed. It was written that way. But yeah, um, no. But Neelix was that that way at times. But I, well, I always felt that they never really explained that relationship very well. You know, it, was, it wasn't. It never really bothered me. Like it, you know, you're the the stuff that you're picking up on the same it's probably because you know the the guy girl thing going on but but it's it, it just never i always had this idea that he sort of like saved her right or mm -hmm. something like yeah. like it was more not so like like a, a real romantic relationship as much as it was you know like you know you, you've sort of rescued me kind of a thing more no they had dates and stuff well yeah i know but it was like yeah they weren't like I, I didn't want to yeah. think of them that way. Oh, is that what you did? I, you I were going the way you were ta describing them. Did like, you do like with Aaron when he's playing Skyrim and you go, no, 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 no. You put your hands over your eyes and no, yes. no. Yeah. But he kind of was more like, like I said, I like characters like him because I adore Quark and Flocks. And he's along the same lines. He's that kind of a character. Yeah, a he's, he's like the alien, the odd person out. Yes. kind of character he's you know they've got the whole voyager crew i mean yeah some more maquis but they're still all basically from you know good old alpha quadrant and everything mm -hmm. and then they got you know neelix and kess that they just sort of pick up and take along and, and kess. yeah she had that actress um she has that kind of a voice where she could be like a 1900 number kind of. <laughs> oh yeah that well, she, really yeah. do, deep, smooth voice. Now you're cooking with butter. That kind of a voice. Now you're and cooking with butter? Kind of, what is that phrase for? <laughs> what is that? from Married with Children. <laughs> Have yeah. you ever seen that show? I, I, sorry, I did. Is that, is that something that Peg would say a lot? I, I, I have not seen a lot of that show. I... No, sorry. Back in the early 90s, I would watch that in high school at night when my parents went to bed. And I thought it was hilarious. But Peg's mom, Peg Bundy's mom, was um like an antagonist on the show but okay. she was, yeah she's like a really horrible person but she was a 1-900 number operator and that was one of her lines that al discovered oh her, that that, yeah. that that you're cooking with butter <laughs> yeah yeah he, she answered the phone that way one time oh, that's funny sorry that's a reference i pull up sometimes on anomaly angela was creeped out by it creeped no, out by the fact have, that you watched married with children or no, or, or the, the particular exactly. line that I use that phrase, so oh, I kind of like it. I, I I just didn't know the reference because that <laughs> that was a show that I watched like very sporadically. So yeah, no, no, I watched a little too much of it, but um, yeah, she she just had that really deep voice and it didn't really fit her. It always seemed kind of soft to me, though. She and, and you know they obviously then later sort of changed her character a lot, right? Uh -huh. You know, quite a bit. I mean, all of a sudden she's like when she was started helping. She's um, like the super powerful. She's like you know she's practically like Q or something. You know? mm -hmm. That was weird, but a little, a little, yeah. It it was it was a little weird. So um, 
So Captain, yeah. So I like I like Neelix, Janeway. Well, you must like Tuvok, I'm sure. I like. Did you like Vulcan? Vulcans. Yes. (laughs) What was was I saying? Vulcans. (laughs) It was nice to see that. You know, it was interesting to see that there are other types of Vulcans out there in the world. Yeah. All different kinds that you know they look different. They they have different philosophies. You know, he's a little more. I think he did went through the Kolinar. So yeah, he still had his his moments though. I mean, he he was just like. I thought he was great. I, I really like Tuvok yeah. a lot. I, I, I just think, think he's not, you know, people always had this idea that, that being a, you know, a very logical, you know, a, a emotion-free Vulcan would be boring. But boy, he could just do the littlest nuances and the way he would look. Or, it's just more challenging. Yeah, yeah it, it is. But he just put enough, like, kind of his own, you know, take on it into it that it, it was, you know, like you said, it was, you're exactly right. Uh, that that he was a very unique Vulcan, but still Vulcan, obviously. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. But what did you think about the relationship, you know, both from a personal side of things and also their, their you know, captain first officer part of it? But what did you think about Chakotay and, and Janeway in terms of how they got along as, you know, she being the captain and, and he being the first officer, but then also their sort of, you know, sort of sideways, whatever you want to call it. There's, you know, off-duty jazz, which Chakotay, you know, hitting on every few women in the the show, basically. So, oh, hi, Seven of Nine. I know, right? Thank goodness Kess had escaped, but... Right? (laughs) I don't think that... So uh, what did you think about the two of them from, uh, you know, whatever? I liked them. uh, I wanted them to have more of of a friendship, Kind of like a Riker Picard, you know, kind mm-hmm. of friendship. Um, and they did. And I think that's really all that um, Janeway wanted from the situation. But it didn't work when they tried to make it romantic. You know, they, I think the writers figured out that it wasn't working either because there was no chemistry between the two of them as far as romance goes. No, there. yeah, I agree with I that. Janeway needed yeah. it. Janeway's character and Kate Mulgrew, she's a great actress, but she has that real like she she was she talked like this. She talked like show. this, you know. Yeah, she was my age at the start of the show, which is yeah. really hard to believe because she has that deep smoker voice, you know. And so it makes her seem like she's older, and so it made more sense to see her with older men on the show. I don't know, and also it seemed like well, I think they were. Guys approximately the same age. You, did you always think that she was much older than Chakotay? No, no, not or, at all. Or, or, just saying the actress is this, was my age when the show started. In like, right, okay. So, did, are you saying that you thought she should have been with someone older than Chakotay? Yes, yes. I think it, the oh, okay. was better. Well, good old Mark on Earth or whatever yes, was that Mark his name? Good. The guy mm-hmm. she left behind. Yeah. Mark's age was Mark about and her, right her dog or whatever. Yeah. It was another character she had a, ro- a romantic relationship with that was like gone after one episode. But I thought that they were a pretty good match, I guess, age-wise. I think he was a musician. I don't remember. But um, wasn't yeah. that a holodeck thing? If I remember right, wasn't that oh, a holodeck thing? Too. Yeah. The bartender was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. The one where she was <laughs> messing with his um, matrix and making him yeah <laughs> smarter because she didn't want a dumb boyfriend <laughs> exactly right anyway the, the um the thing i always thought about chakotay a little bit you know i, I like voyager quite a bit i like the characters i thought they were all really good and interesting but he seemed a little milk toast to me 
Yes, I. He was one of my least favorite characters. I mean, he. There were times where he would push back when Janeway was doing whatever, you know, or or something. But he always seemed to just kind of. He seemed to be kind of going along with for the ride too much to me, at least. I, I always thought a good first officer, kind of like Riker, especially established in some of the early TNG episodes, was someone who would challenge the captain more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know that it's it wasn't that much, but I it was something that I thought he I wish he would have been a little. And again, it's more what the writers do. All this is all the writers. I mean, this isn't really the acting or the actors. This is just what the stories and the, what they're given to work with. But, uh, that was one little piece. I mean, she got more lip, you know, and more, you know, trouble from like Tom Paris, you mm-hmm. know, than, than Chakotay ever gave her. So, uh, and I always kind of liked Tom Paris a lot just because he was the, you know, he was the Han Solo kind of, of the crew, yeah. you know, he was the pilot. He was the guy who got in trouble. You know, he was the guy that was, you know, hooking up with Balana eventually. And, you know, he, he didn't exactly, you know, he was the rebel, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and he took um, uh, Tom under his wing. Or Not Harry. Tom, um, Harry under his wing, which yeah. I, I loved Harry's, I like Harry, Harry's character, but I think they could have done more with him. Uh-huh. And he... He had some good episodes every once in a while, but he was kind of the Geordie LaForge of the of the crew. Yeah, they, there's always one. You know, there there's always there's always a Geordie, you know. And Geordie's great character, but yeah, they, he yeah. never had like a real relationship. Um he did get promoted and Harry finally got promoted. <laughs> but it, he, he, he was, should for everything he went through for seven years. He did and he still was a lieutenant, which I was really glad. I don't know. I'm starting to blend. I've read two of the books that came after Endgame and I can't remember uh-huh. if he was promoted in the I think he was promoted in the book but I don't remember if it came up that he was he was trying to get more bridge time you know towards the end of the series you know yeah. to the bridge a lot more yeah. yeah and they should have done that early on but um yeah what did like- you think obviously we got to talk about seven of nine so uh you did- know she grew on me at first I was kind of were you a little put off by the silver spacesuit, and you thought she was just frankly? No, you know there was an era of Star Trek where they started making um, female characters on the show a little too, um, a, like almost like they felt like the ratings were slipping. So let's bring in super hot chick and and put her in the tightest thing possible. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. they did that a little bit on um, TNG, but I have to say, I mean, like. Um, the um, Marina Sirtis is more of a, a natural body build, <laughs> uh-huh. more a, a normal looking. Per- she's beautiful, but she's more normal, you know. And yeah, mine is like a, a model. She's beautiful. She's awesome. I love her. I follow her on Twitter. But um, I didn't didn't like the way they treated her physically. You know, they made her wear and they directed her to pose certain ways to be more provocative and stuff. So that kind of I had to learn. I. I had to um, get to know her character more. Well, you must have been just like you had the you had that feedback before you started to really watch the show, you know, in your recent viewing. But, you you know, you had all that feedback and info from about Janeway and you must have had a lot of we'll call it baggage or whatever. You must have heard a lot about the whole seven of nine coming in and controversy and her being just brought in as basically like, you know, like you said, to kind of amp up the 
sex appeal right. of the show or something. You know, I kind of can't. Yeah, I did hear a little bit like they got rid of Kess and they brought her on for that reason. But yeah, because they're like, pretty different, char- yeah. different characters, different look. And it's Kick pretty Kess, yeah, in Kess your Kess face. Yeah, favorite. So I was OK with her being replaced. And I love the way that the introduction of um, Seven's character occurred. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Just to the crew, and there was no problem with her replacing Kess. It was just like afterwards how she was directed to stand. And yeah, stand. well, we haven't talked too much right. about, but I'll tell you that that uh, you know holographic doctor. I mean, he did a pretty good job. <laughs> All of a sudden, she's like this. I know, right? Well, it was like, <laughs> was it a commercial break? I I mean, she's all borgified, and 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 uh-huh. I mean, it it took them longer to deal with Picard with just an arm and a you know his head thing and all than it did to deborgify, you know, seven. seven. I've extracted 82% of the Borg hardware. The remaining bio implants are stable and better than anything I could synthesize at such short notice. It is acceptable. Fashion, of course, is hardly my forte. Nevertheless, I've managed to balance functionality and aesthetics in a pleasing enough manner. I also took the liberty of stimulating your hair follicles. A vicarious experience for me, as you might imagine. You'll have to spend a few hours each day regenerating in a Borg alcove until your human metabolism can function on its own. We'll leave one operational. Understood. Let's see how things go over the next few weeks. I'll consider granting you access to the rest of the ship once I can trust that you won't try to get us all assimilated again. It will not happen again. Good. If you need anything, contact me. Red. What? The child you spoke of, the girl. Her favorite color was red. In, yeah. in like, oh, look, and I've made her hair grow, and I've given her this suit to wear. And I'm like, oh, that was, you know, I mean, it may be a couple of episodes of like a couple of tubes still left here or there and a little eyepiece or something, but. Uh, yeah, they did that to, um, to Paul also on Enterprise, like. Um, just the same kind of direction. The way she sat in the captain's chair was provocative. And, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So well, you know, she's. in chamber were, like, suggestive. And, you know, they, they did that for, definitely did that for ratings. Yeah, well, and then it they, I remember that first or, it was one of the early episodes after she was part of the crew where, you know, there was even, they were even trying to play with that a little bit with her and, like, Harry Kim, right? A little oh, Jerry, uh, Jerry's character. Um, yeah, seven. With, with seven of nine, and, and didn't they have them working together a bit? And he was getting a little yes, hot and bothered getting, by yeah, by her being like right next to him, and they're in this little uh-huh. area. I remember that they were in some fixing something or the other, and 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 it was like, you know, it it was they they yeah. I, I, I think Harry would act like that no matter. If it was anyone else, didn't matter if it was seven or uh, comfortable around women in general. (laughs) What was it? What was the twins that they would always talk about on the the the, these twins they wanted to both date or whatever? Uh Him and Tom. Yeah. Yeah. He he. he, Yeah. 
Yeah, Harry was a little dumbfounded when it came to girls. Uh -huh. he, he is the Geordie LaForge, yeah. yeah. But the character, I think that despite the that, you know, obvious prepackaged, you know, let's attract more men, watch the show kind of thing. But despite that, I think Jerry Ryan, Jerry Ryan took the performance to a new level. Like even. Oh we, yeah. I thought like so she, too. Yeah. She was, she was fantastic. I mean, I, 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 yeah, she is certainly easy on the eyes, but she, she made that character super interesting. And yeah. I mean, it was frankly, probably by the, the, the show, like you were saying earlier, Jen, about, um, having a character evolve and change, you know, uh -huh. she was obviously the character that, that had the most, you know, they did the most with that grew the most. And it obviously, I mean, some of the behind the scenes stuff you hear about is that, you know, that, that Kate they Mulgrew was a little it. unhappy about the situation yeah. because, you know, they, I mean, they had this great, interesting character basically that they just sort of plunked down in, in the middle of the show's run and then all of a sudden she's getting like all the good stuff to do, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, she was great. I, I think her problem was that the whole thing, of, I mean, he, Voyager was different in that there was a woman captain. And she was, I think she felt like that was progressing women, you know, in storytelling. Yeah, you're right, they, right. They tried to take it down a notch. They took it down a notch when they brought in Sexy Hot Girl. You know, sure. And, yeah, you know, I could see that. Know, yeah, I'll say, yeah, I will say honestly, um, it's not that I don't I'm not bothered by sexy hot girl suits because <laughs> I would wear one if I had one. <laughs> it's not that it's more the way she was directed that bothered me and why she was brought on initially. That's mm -hmm. really the problem because it's I mean, good for her. She has a great body. That's awesome. And um, it's not necessarily that aspect. I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm judging her because of that. It's just, uh, it was obvious to me that they, that they were directing her a certain way to, to be more provocative at times. Oh, and the way she was, you were talking about sitting and moving. Standing and, her, and also her chest was always sticking out. And Paul walked that way too, you know, with her shoulders way back and her chest is out. So you can totally see her boobs are coming at your face, you know, <laughs> this kind of thing. Put up the shields, put up your, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that, well, you know, I think there's, you know, a few things going on. I mean, the the, the costuming, the, the direction, the lighting, you know, lots of, uh, lots of other things, you know, and, and, and I'm sure you're right. You're, you're probably right about what Kate Mulgrew thought. Not only was she getting more to do, but she probably felt like, you know, it was like, Oh, okay. Now they bring in, like you said, sexy hot girl. And, and, and instead of, you know, this 40 something woman, you know, in command of the ship, it, right. it, it kind of seems almost backwards, you know, a little bit to her. But I think that, like I said, to Jerry Ryan's credit, despite those, those limitations they gave her, yeah. she made that character glow. I mean, she she really rocked it. She and did. She did. And, you know, she didn't turn into, you know, it could have easily turned mm -hmm. into something else. And, and I'm not sure, you know, I've not read enough of the background. I've heard a lot of things and gone to cons where these actors have talked. So I'm not really sure if she helped to push the writers to do what they did. But they could have easily had her be like the, you know, Kirk, you know, oh, I tore my silver suit again. Darn it. Harry, can you come help me? You know, oh, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? They could have easily uh, they could have easily done things with that. Like, you know, like the, the, you know, following my Kirk angle would have been like, 
Oh, okay, we're on another planet. Oh, there's Seven of Nine with another alien guy, you know, or something like. I mean, there was there was nothing, nothing there. I mean, no, in, in, you know, until Chicote decided he wanted to date her or whatever. So, uh, well, I really like the 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 relationship between her and the um, guy that she apparently had a relationship with in Unimatrix. Oh the- yeah, yeah, right. Unimatrix Zero, right? Yeah, that yeah. was a good. There was chemistry there, and and I at times, you know, I wanted her to have a relationship with Chakotay, even though I didn't like Chakotay. I liked them together, you know. In that one episode, it I thought that was a good episode, and yeah, um, I thought that that was interesting. You know, the way he, you know, it was more like she was trying to more learn about, you know relationships yeah. and dating and, and how it all worked like she was basically just you know like she'd never been able to do that when you know she was stolen away by the Borg when she was young and uh and so she didn't know what that meant or how, how mm-hmm. you know how it all worked so yeah I thought that was an interesting way to to introduce a relationship you know where she really she kind of thinks of relationships as unnecessary you know, she's always been, she, this is part of her progression from Borg to human in, a, yeah. in her. Well, she's, episode. yeah, she's still, even though she got, you know, her silver suit and traded all of her Borg, most of her Borg tech in, you know, she still followed their sort of, you know, very logical, very machine-like way of doing yeah. things. Obviously, it, it came up in every episode, right? You know, it's inefficient. Yeah. That's inefficient. I, I always like the episodes where they allowed her to be more human. Because you kind of get a peek of what she could have been like if she hadn't. Yeah, been. well, one of one of the things we could we could m- quickly talk about or mention is you know she got that relationship going with uh, Naomi Wildman, right? Yeah, the little girl, I, which was awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was very different, but it but it also sort of made sense. You know, to you know what I mean? Yeah, and her relationship with Ichab and the, and the other Borg children. Yeah, exactly. She was very protective of them mm-hmm. and almost motherly, right? Uh, with that with all of them. Helped. Yeah. That also helped with her evolution because she kind of, she, she developed her relationships more whenever they came onto the show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think so. I mean, they, that was, that was all good. I mean, yeah, she had a, I mean, obviously had a great bunch of, you know, many, many interesting episodes and a, a lot of interesting things. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the doctor. Initiate emergency medical holographic program. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Multiple percussive injuries. Status of your doctor. He's dead. 0.4 cc's of trianoline. Trianoline? We lost our nurse, too. How soon are replacement medical personnel expected? That could be a problem. We're pretty far away from replacements right now. Tricorder. Medical tricorder. A replacement must be requested as soon as possible. I am programmed only as a short-term emergency supplement to the medical team. Well, we may be stuck with you for a while, Doc. There's no need for concern. I am capable of treating any injury or disease. No concussion, you'll be fine. Clean him up. Every, everyone seems to really love the doctor, and I, I like him too. I mean, he, yeah. he's he's pretty pretty awesome and probably the most... I guess he almost has the most lively personality out of all of them, right? He's kind yes. of 
He's he's just he's for a program he, he he which is which is crazy in a way, but for for a, a program he has more almost personality than a lot of the rest of them do, do right. I thought it was great that they they wrote into the series that he was allowed to um go to outside sick bay. Go outside his pro well or, go outside his sick bay, but also um. Um, add to his parameters like to his, his oh yeah yeah his program and even though Bellana kind of reeled him in at times because he got a, a little you know became dangerous you know he was adding too many things to his yeah program. right right but when he came to, you know when he was adding things naturally it it and then he be, even became he even started developing real relationships outside of you know his holographic family and stuff like with women uh, I I thought the relation I thought it was awesome um, how they wrote his um, his his um, what's the word I'm looking for his character his or, affinity or... to to seven oh yeah 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 he was more of a mentor to Kess yeah and over time he became um, he fell in love I think with seven you know over time. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, at least from um, I th- I, I think almost like a more of not really romantic though. Would you say or would yeah, you, it was romantic? You think so? I, yeah, I think it was, but it really was because they had the most in common. You know, they they didn't they weren't human, and they they wanted to be. You know. Yeah, and, yeah. The classic case of of they both they 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 have um they have that in common. They have that yes. common thread that none of the rest of the crew would have and they're, he was they're like, outsiders kind of yeah and at yeah at some point i mean everyone kind of helped her with her relation you know how to, to develop her humanity and and he had a hand at it at one point giving her lessons on etiquette which yeah I, I love that episode where i i, I know i wanted to I, I mentioned to you before you know to talk about you know and I, I, this is more just what pops into my head as we're talking but i love the episode where she loses sort of her all of her control, right? Yeah. And I don't remember. I'm not. I'm terrible at TOS episodes and TNG episodes. I'm pretty good at the names of the episodes, but mm-hmm. the other episodes are uh, the the names of the particular episode. And I and I think I actually did a podcast about this one, maybe not that long back, but where she basically is is just goofy, right? And or is it, or is it the one I'm thinking of where the doctor is? They've switched bodies or something. Isn't there one like that? Or am I there thinking? There is one where they switched bodies. That's what it is. That's the one I'm thinking of where the doctor is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there are other times where she loses her Borg sort of center too, mm-hmm. where she's, you know, her little nanites or whatever that are inside of her are, are breaking down and it, and it causes her to act a little differently. And uh, what about... Um, so we talked about, I think, most of the characters. I mean, we talk, it didn't talk too much about Balana, uh, or um, I guess that's about the only one, really. I liked yep. her a lot. I, I thought the idea of having a, a half Klingon was an interesting one, too. Yeah, and one that doesn't want to be Klingon was yeah. interesting because you have all you knew of really Klingons, really, you learned a lot from Worf about what a Klingon was. He desperately wanted to be Klingon. Yes. And wasn't yeah. treated like one because he was raised by humans, whereas she's half Klingon, was raised by a Klingon mother, but hates that she's Klingon because she was yeah. treated differently by her cousins 
and by other children. And she she had fits of rage and things that the other. Yeah, kids yeah. I think it was a lot of the the control so, that she she didn't like the fact that she was so easy to anger and yeah. you know her you know she would just you know she had a hard time with keeping that under control. But and I, but I liked it. Yeah. There was a really good episode where she got to meet her Klingon self. Yes, kind of, right, they right. And they yep. met. And that was really, she, I, I thought it was interesting the way they did that because they allowed her to see that the Klingon part of herself was was strong and she didn't need to dominate it. But her human side was just as strong. Yeah, it was know? like their version of, if you remember the old TOS episode where Kirk is split into the good and the bad, yeah. you know, parts. I mean, it, it's a it's a common thing. I don't yeah. know if you ever watched this show, uh, Once Upon a Time. Have you ever <laughs> seen that show at all? No. It's it's on it's on regular network TV. It's a fantasy type based show where they sort of take some of the fairy tales over time and sort of twist them a little bit. But there's this evil queen. And in this season, it happened at the end of last season. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched this or you care, but they've split her into two parts, a good and a bad side. Uh-huh. So because she was trying to basically purge the the badness out of her, the evil part of her out. And, and it, it, it created a a separate version of her that's the bad and then there's the good. So Mm -hmm. it's a pretty common story idea, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Are there episodes that you wanted to mention that you, you were saying a few of them earlier, you know, the year of hell and, and uh, I don't know if there's any particular ones. I mean, I, there's a couple for me that I really, I really loved a lot. I love the, I think it's called timeless. The, the, the one where it starts with Voyager crashed in the ice and, and, yeah. it, and it's a, I think it was like their hundredth episode. It was sort of a special one that they did for, uh, for an event kind of a thing. But I, I just like the way that one all worked with Harry, older Harry Kim mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, all the time travel and sending messages back to himself and don't do this and do this. And the doctor was involved in that one a lot. And That's the one where, is that the one where, um, Captain Janeway has to work with herself in another dimension no nope that's a different one okay that's a different one yeah that's a different one but they're um so anything that that's that sort of jumps out at you that you like did you like oh yeah i have a list oh okay well go ahead yeah yeah. i I didn't have time to write down all the titles because you know the i'm not as good at the titles yeah like i said i'm the same way yeah Yeah. that doesn't make us any less um, and as fans, <laughs> no, so well, everybody's got their thing, you know, everybody's yeah. like I said, everybody's got their particular. Oh my gosh. Part Chris of can it. memorize Chris and Rick. They both can memorize titles. Um, but I love message in a bottle. That's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good the one. one where they send, um, the doctor to a ship that's in the, the outermost regions of, I think it's the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yes. And it's unoccup- It's unmanned. It's a It's a new ship they're testing. Yeah, it's the one with the other hologram the other, on it, right? Yeah, the other yeah. hologram. And he's played by Andy Dick, I think. And yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I love that one because it's, it's, it's really, it, it kind of introduced the fact that they can beam the doctor through... Uh, data streams and stuff. Yeah, to, you can pretty much download them, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that he was doesn't. An interesting yeah. concept that they could do that, and then um, 
getting to see him in charge of something was good. Like he was on that mission. That was his, he was going to try to save the crew and then running into Andy Dick, who was another uh, holographic doctor who was an updated model and full of himself, just as full of himself. Yeah. And and it's a cool ship that they're on too. That's a, that's a very cool, cool ship. Yeah. So that was one of my favorites. And then the, the one where, um, uh, seven saves each and the other kids. And rescues them, yeah. Rescues yeah. them because they become part of the crew at some point. Yes. And it's cool to see her. I mean, that's like the, the starting point of her, you know, it's not a starting point. It's, it helps further develop her ability to, to establish relationships, meaningful ones with people. Sure. And yeah, so definitely. I like one. And also the Unimatrix episode where Unimatrix Zero, I think it is. Yeah. That episode. Um I thought that was a really cool place, a cool um, concept as well, because um, a long time ago I had a a story idea to have, like where these people are controlled by chips in their brains um, to do manual labor. That was their job, and they were kind of like instead of having androids, it were people. That's all they did. Sort of like drones, almost, but just programmed to just like do like you know dig rocks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And they yeah. were programmed because they didn't, no one wanted an uprising. So they, you know, had this chip to, to inhibit them. And that, um, to, and they would be happy to just do that job. It wouldn't, yeah, right. Right. And the, and the way that they, they did start an uprising was to, um, get together while they were in this, this, um, unconscious but moving kind of phase, you know, where they're, their body is going through the motions, but their mind is connected to these other Oh, people. so they're sort of linked. They're sort exactly. of like, you know, they're sort of like networked together. And once they, they that allows them to sort of figure out what's going on. Right. Ah, that's a good, yeah, yeah. And their, um, their uh, revolt. Uh-huh. But the Unimatrix episode was that, you know, it just, I was the, I had that idea before I saw the Unimatrix Zero and I thought, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And I loved how, all of the the people on that were borgified were themselves as they were before they were um right that was their planted with nanites sort of natural or pure yeah. state you saw all different types of cardassians klingons ferengis everybody yeah. and they were working together and seven developed a romance with one of the the people mm-hmm. yeah. in this yeah. state and i just thought that was a great concept and i love that one but um, then the one where Chakotay and Seven, Ch- Chakotay and Seven, um, they have a relationship. That was a good one. That one I know the episode the title. Off. That one's called "Someone to Watch Over Me." I think is, yeah. the, is the name of it, just because it, it features sort of prominently in the episode. Some of the titles have sort of a little bit more meaning mm-hmm. in the episode, but that one I do remember, and I've podcasted. I think about that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And the other ones are are um, Doctor. The Doctor is prominent in these. It's the one where. He invents like a holographic family. Oh, right, right. um, He is told by Bellana, well, that's not a real family because you've programmed them to be perfect. This isn't this isn't reality. You have to let it go. Let them develop themselves. And so he his his teenage son becomes like a punk and (laughs) super she's she's really um, like an overachiever and really loves him and wants to please him. And the mom is always busy with meetings and working. And sure. And at one point towards the end of the, I, I don't know if we want to spoil it or not. That's, um, okay. That's a well, 
but it's a good one. It's a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Something happens that really affects him. And, um, I just, I love the way the actor, the actors handled that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was a really meaningful one for me. And then, um, the one where, um, the holodeck, um, people take over that I, I think it, I always love the holodeck ones where I know it's a, it's a cliche nowadays. Is it, is it the, you mean that like part of the captain proton? Yeah. Ones? The captain proton one where yeah it has to play the love interests. Yeah. I love the captain the, proton just because I love that throwback old, yeah. old, like 30s style sci-fi look. And it was just a cool mm-hmm. idea for, for them. They're, you know, this super future, you know, ship and show and that, what do they play around in? They play around in like a, 1930s flash gordon scenario yeah Yeah. it's great and then i think that was like the impetus for an episode where the photonic beings um uh, they where the doctor runs into photonic beings i think that they scanned that holodeck and thought that the holographic characters were were real were real you know that were um thinking individuals or there really weren't they're just programmed so yeah then that kind of started that kind of like that arc where the doctor um, meets the photonic beings and starts to think of himself as being repressed. Yes. I'm repressed. Yeah. No, that was really (laughs) awesome. I want equal rights. Yeah. It's a good way to explore that. Yeah, it is. It is. Is he not? How do you treat him? They treat him like dirt a lot of the times, (laughs) you know? Well, yeah, and it's true. It's like, especially like you were saying earlier about how, you know, he was able to adapt and change his program, which means, yes, he's he's sort of thinking on his, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, he's going beyond his programming, you know, kind of a thing like data, you know, basically like uh, data on TNG. Yeah. And know. he even uses data as an example. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can't remember, again, the books are blending with the TV show for me. So yeah, I understand. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But he wrote a book or was it a play um, that was horrible? <laughs> about photonic beings and yes. serve their yeah. rights and everything. But I like the way they introduce that, that kind of, um, that question. If Yeah, if, it was an ongoing piece of his personality. You know, they, it popped up quite a, quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good one. And he's, you know, one of the, you know, especially, you know, out of, out of the characters, definitely one of the most, you know, one that had a bigger arc and changed and, and developed over time. Yeah. What else did I want to ask you about that? Um, were you happy that they got home in the end? I did, but I really did. You know to... that they had before you went through this watching that you did recently. Did you know that you must have already known they had gotten home? I you, did, yeah. but um, I was given false information. What does that mean? Or uh, I think it was did on someone the uh, on try to lie to you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I guess oh no, so. no, they don't get home. <laughs> on the Trexan Sci-Fi forum, I think at one time somebody posted the ending of. Voyager and there was a big debate about it and I I read it and I thought it was true and it was that every well I don't know if I should say it if no one's seen all of Voyager it might ruin it for them but that's uh, okay I'll put a I'll put a little spoiler warning spoiler in the alert yes. okay so the the lie it's was been done that for quite all a the while Maquis, so all the Maquis were thrown in jail and that it was a horrible ending because of that and oh that when like, they got back to earth they just so they, they did I get was, back but they threw them all in jail 
That's what I was expecting, and I didn't think that the last episode would be any good because of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they couldn't do that. I mean, they, they were part of the crew. Janeway wouldn't let that happen. No, exactly. What I thought, well, they would end up in jail, wouldn't they? I think they yeah. may have been talking about some of the books. I think there are things in the books that, yeah, that people sort of blend, like you're saying, you blend it together a little bit over time. Well, well, I, I want to take a couple minutes just to say that, you know, since I, you know, I watched this show as it aired, right? So, uh-huh. so I will, I will say that I, even up until the very end, I, I was basically, it was like 50-50 for me whether I thought that they were going to get back to Earth or not. I mean, I was on pretty much on the edge of my seat with that last episode because, you know, there was there was, you know, it hadn't, you know, been, you know, aired years ago and I was just catching up on the show. So because of the way the series ran and was structured that really in the last season, in the last few episodes, they they really started to make some headway to Earth. In other words, they were still way out there. I mean, there was like no like light at the end of the tunnel. There was no like end in sight it wasn't like you know oh we're twenty thousand more you know whatever million more light years closer to earth or whatever it is all of a sudden you know they get that little you know tunnel thing going and oh we're home you know so i i wasn't sure really that they were going to get back i i thought they could easily leave them out there and and so i mean i was really happy that they did get back i i thought it would have been it would have probably been really hard to deal with them not getting back and from a Star Trek point of view, since Star Trek series were just kind of piling on top of each other at that time, I thought, well, if they don't bring them back, what they'll do is they'll have some like special crossover thing or a movie or something, and they'll bring them back anyway. But I always thought to myself, well, that's kind of wrong. They should just bring them back in this series. So I'm there glad. There has to be a payoff. That's, yeah. that's why I was expecting them to get TV home. shows, I think, really have a hard time with... I've watched some shows that have had really great endings mm-hmm. you know like T- tng is a great example i mean i thought that you know even though they went on to do movies too so in a way it didn't quite end exactly but the series of course i mean everybody loves that last episode i think and, and the, just the especially even the last scene and you know they they wrapped it up pretty well but then there's other shows that just like oh my gosh they they, they just don't know how to end the show they, do, yeah. they just don't one of the things related to that that i wanted to say about voyager and i wanted to ask you this if you found it to be true, one of the things that I always had a little bit of a problem with on Voyager was the the three minute endings of well, let's just pull something out of the air and 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 fix whatever the particular MacGuffin or problem is in the episode through some techno babble or or something. They they seem to be sometimes not very well paced. In other words, there there were just way too many episodes to me that in the last five minutes everything sort of got wrapped up. Yeah. Like really amazingly easy and quickly with without like a lot of what I would consider to be a reasonable way of, okay, let's do this and now let's do this and okay, we've got out of it. It was just, it almost, this is the way I thought about it, Jen. The, I thought it was cheap because I thought that the reason they did that was to keep people watching the episode. I, I, I thought that, well, we're going to wait for the payoff in the very last, like, two or three minutes of the episode. And a, a friend of mine, Mark, and I used to talk about this all the time when we were watching it as it was airing. And we're, like, going, well, there, you know, we would talk, like, the next day and we'd say, well, there's another Voyager episode solved in the last 30 seconds. You know, and, and it, it got to be sort of a trope 
for the show. So yeah. did, did you notice that too? I, I don't think it was just... Uh, it's been a few... It's been about six months since I finished it. Yeah, I but just, I mean, did you I find that they kind of overdid the quick endings and the techno babble in terms of how they solved some yeah, of these definitely. things? Yeah, Well, there was some like that one where <laughs> Janeway and Paris became salamanders. Oh, yeah, the classic, that yeah. The, 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 salamanders. the one that everybody that talks about is... You so know. ridiculous. Yeah. And the ending, like you said, it was like, okay, that's over. You know, we fixed them. They're not salamanders it's, anymore. Didn't they run them through the transporter or something? Probably. This is, yeah. this is like the equivalent to Spock's brain. <laughs> yeah, brain and brain. What is brain? Salamander? <laughs> what is salamander? Oh, I just stepped on Janeway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. There is definitely a lot of those. Yeah, but I mean, I think I, that's what's been, you know, Star Trek's always blamed for that kind of techno babble answer for everything. Um, a little, a little. I think it happens some, but but I, I think Voyager for 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 me at least, Voyager was the biggest, the the one that did it the most, I guess, out of out of the. And, and again, I, I I can handle that for a bit, and I still love the show. I think it's a great show, great characters, but. That that was just one little thing that kind of kind of bothered me. Was was there anything about the show that you noticed like that or that anything? bothered me a lot? Yes. Um, one of the things that I didn't like about Chicote was that his um, oh like and you know this about me. I studied um, archaeology in college. Like mm-hmm. as an elective, I wanted to be an yeah. archaeological yep. illustrator, so I did take a lot of those classes and we and i i studied a lot of um southwest archaeology like southwest united states so Mm -hmm. i know a lot about native american culture oh right since he's supposed to be we didn't really say that you know he's supposed to be part like part american indian right or whatever it was a great i love that he was native american right whatever but he whatever the term is what kind of uh native is he they never really said much did they no. Really? In all the time no, that they had? He yeah. said he was Sioux, then he said he was Hopi, and then it was just like this random tribe in this random... He had that I one episode where he was on some kind of spirit quest, right? Yes. He had that one episode where he was like, you know, going in the smokehouse or whatever. I don't know if it's um, because they didn't want to um, insult any real um, tribes out there, but I think it would... So I they kept know. him kind of like non-name do you mean they just wanted to keep them generic generic so that everybody yeah. could identify but in Maybe. doing that i think no one could because yeah. i mean what i mean was he a i i wasn't sure at one time whether or not he was um from a tribe in south america or because he was in jungles sometimes yeah or? sure what did you think about his tattoo did you think that that was a uh, a good thing, a bad thing. It didn't matter that really. Used me too because I thought, okay, maybe he's an Inuit because they sometimes tattoo their tattoos. Their hair, yeah, you know? yeah. But I wish they would have defined that because I think that yeah, would have been they really didn't great. do much with it considering it was supposed to be a thing, right? They 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 did. Yes, it was, he was very I mean, important. he had a you know he was he was Chicote. I mean, come on, he was like you know. Like, I mean, why would that be? In, I mean, I think that would be um, an honor. I guess. I mean, to sometimes I think Star Trek does this. I th- I think they they go well because we're in the future here, where everyone's the same, we all get along, and we all love each other. That they tend to okay, we've got a guy from Japan here, we've got somebody from you know Native American, and we've got somebody from Russia, we've got somebody from from France. They they give them that, but then they I think they feel like well we don't want to really 
do anything with that or point it out because it's not a thing now, right? You know what I'm saying? Kind of, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm basically saying, well, it's not really a thing in the future. So yes, they are from such and such or have this heritage, but we don't deal with that because it's not an, it's not a thing in the future. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean that you don't deal with it. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I deal with a lot of people in Asia and China and, and I, I, I'm getting very good at knowing when all their holidays are and what they mean. You know, it, it doesn't mean that I have a problem with that or, you know what I mean? I, I But you just become aware of their culture and, mm-hmm. and, and some of the things that are that define them a little bit different, you know, than us. So, yeah, you're right, though. They they could have done a lot more with that. So, yeah, that was it was a good, sh- good show. I really also like the way that Janeway dealt with the Borg Queen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of those. Uh, moments for was like you tell her Janeway. <laughs> you tell her, yeah. Tell you, her. No, they 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 you obviously use the Borg a lot, especially with Seven coming on, and and I think they did it. That was an interesting angle, and I think they're uh, the, they didn't. I don't think overuse it. I no, th- I, I think that it was the right amount, and especially since that when you know when especially when they eventually had someone as part of the crew. I think then, you know, they were very, you know, helpful and instrumental in getting them back home, of course. So, uh, yeah. And the the one thing that they said, one of the things you asked me, what was I expecting and what did, you know, the show change my mind about? Right. Yeah. That's a good point to come back to. Yeah. One of the things that um, I heard was um, defanged on this show because they used them so much in the mystery and the the terrifying Mm -hmm. aspects. of. What did you think at the end of it all, though? I don't think that's true at all. I thought they were pretty. They were still pretty bad, right? Yeah, yes. I, I don't. I yeah. don't think just by learning a little bit more about them that they made them any less of a threat. Right. You know, they were still a threat. I mean, over time, yeah, through Voyager and you know, and even in First Contact, Earth and and Starfleet and everything found ways to deal with them. Especially you know, Echeb's people. You know, spoiler alert again, but they created a virus. That would yeah. infect the Borg, and they were well, using their children to and, infect. And, them. and here's the other thing, and I read a lot of comics, and you 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 know that, and they and you know, and I like the comic book movies and and things, but but here here's the key thing to tell people that think they've been defanged. Okay, well well okay, you can't have some super all powerful enemy, you know, whatever come along and be that way and stay that way. Because guess what? Then then Starfleet and Earth will be wiped out and all the other Federation planets, and then it will be game over. In other words, they have to figure out a way to deal with them and adapt to them, right? Right. They, they still were pretty darn threatening, though. I, I, I mean, they, you know, defanged, you know, a little bit. You know, I think just more learned about it and more figure out ways to deal with them, uh, you know, rather than... You can't. I mean, if they just destroyed Voyager, the the show would be over. So it just right. they had to figure out something. So I, well, I I find that okay. You can come up with another big bad threat if you have to. Yeah. Uh, well, so. the Warpling did like every time the the inter- the Enterprise the Voyager would learn ways to defeat them, the Borg Queen would counter it. Yes, it's she a chess would, game. It's a, it's yes. kind of like a back and forth, like, okay, well, you figured out this about our technology, but now we're going to do this, or we're going to surround mm-hmm. you, or we're going to capture you and take you. And, and, we're going to out the, the underground, the Borg underground now, because we know where they are. Yeah, and, and, they, and, and I think the, the other big part of it is, obviously, they had, they had a little bit of ace in the hole with, with having seven of nine, right? Mm-hmm. They, they had someone who knew them, who had 
uh, knowledge of their tech and knowledge of their abilities and, and a lot of that's a big help. It's, yeah. it's like capturing a, you know, a Nazi, you know, general in World War Two or something. I mean, it's like, you know, you get someone from the other side, that's going to be a big asset. So, or, you know, I'm one of the doctors from the Nazi. Scientists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, well, one of my other favorite episodes, I forgot to mention, it's a really important one, is um, the one where Q comes back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the way Janeway dealt with Q and his kid and yeah <laughs> that was i i liked you know his his um involvement on the ship and um he kind of had a little bit of a character arc on the show yeah they, well he was you know yeah. he was kind of like you know he was hitting on janeway a little bit it seemed <laughs> gosh yeah <laughs> don't you think i mean, yeah, I mean did, she was. yeah i mean he wanted her to be the father of his kid yeah, I mean he sort of <laughs> our um, wife or the uh, mother mother of his child. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those things. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I've heard too or read that that John Delancey and Kate Mulgrew are pretty good friends. Yes, uh, in yes. real life too. So it, it it showed. I mean, it, it obviously showed they they had fun. Doing... I think they were both on Ryan's Hope together when there was that soap opera well, I, I remember that she was i yeah i'm gonna have to look that he up was a soap opera star too because that's yeah. the first time i ever saw my mom watch soap operas and when i was growing up i recognized him because on one of the soaps he was on he uh was a time traveler and so i recognized him from the soap opera when he showed up on tng ah okay and so i i don't know which one it was but she liked ryan's hope and uh, she read uh, Kate Mulgrew's book uh, on my recommendation because she was on Ryan's Hope, not because she was on Voyager. <laughs> so, so um, remind me again. So Angela has only seen some of a little bit of Voyager. Then she's right? seen mo she's seen some of Voyager, yes, and she she likes it. And right? have you have you been able to since you watched it? Have you been able to uh, twist her arm a little bit to to watch more of it, or is she still playing the? Oh no, I don't want to watch it yet. Or she's, uh, she's not. I, I I I'm not sure what it is. I think I just think it's interesting because right because this is the you know this is the the show with the woman captain. You yeah. know, this is no, like yeah. perfect she, for just, perfect for your your for anomaly, you know. Yeah. Well, she she does like it, but um she's just not done savoring. Well, you have <laughs> a lot that you'll have more even to talk about because, you know, if you've heard the the, the um the Star Trek Discovery show is supposed to feature the the lead is supposed to be a, a woman. I heard that. Yeah. 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 So the even though they've said also, I mean, this has all been on the internet for weeks on end so it's not really a spoiler and it's just little bits of info but it's from official sources but and i think i've even mentioned it on the sh on the podcast before but yeah it's supposed to be a woman and also she, the interesting part about it is she's not the captain though she's like yes. the f a, supposedly the thing that i've heard is she's going to be like the first officer so it's kind of a lower decks thing a so little bit i think yeah i, 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 I think i think it's interesting that that you know, I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, it will be really interesting to see how they balance that out. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in other words, is the captain going to be still very prominent? You know, like, like you know, the, you, could, you could say that even TNG, I, I think you could say this about just about every Trek since even, well, at least after TOS. But, I mean, all the other characters got a lot, you know, to do, especially the shows that were on for many seasons, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, you had the 
maybe the actor actors that they picked had more sort of credits and prestige coming in maybe the higher you know like the captains and stuff like that but it'll it'll just be interesting to me for example if the captain of the of the ship on this discovery show it'll be interesting to see what kind of actors that they choose like will they purposely choose for the woman if she's supposed to be the lead a more prominent actress than the character for the for the captain's chair Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, ha- I have to kind of assume that that's going to be a guy. Just just it just kind of doesn't seem like it seems it would seem to me that if they're making a point out of saying the lead of the show is going to be a woman and she's just the first officer to then put a woman, you know, in the captain chair again type of mm-hmm. thing. So my point would be is like, oh, it'll be like, you know, will they pick an actress that's pretty well known for the for the female lead, but then somebody much less known for the captain spot. In other words to make it more obvious, like, oh, this is our lead. I don't know. We'll see. But but it will be something that I I, I hope you guys can talk about an anomaly uh, when it starts. Well, now it's not starting until next May, I guess. They That'll give me more time because I don't it. think I can afford another streaming service <laughs> at this point. Well, like I've told people, you know, the, the, you know, the magic trick, Jen, uh, on the whole thing is, is, is this. If you don't mind waiting a, a, a couple of months, I think the first season is only supposed to be – 13 episodes or so Mm -hmm. so you just wait like until it's all aired right like two months in three months in or whatever it'll be three months i guess about and then you sign up for one month for 5.99 and you just watch it all (laughs) and then you quit you can do that i mean it works it's just like doing netflix like let's say you're you're somebody who doesn't subscribe to it like every month but maybe there's something that you want to watch you subscribe to it for a month and then you watch what you want to watch and then you just quit so, uh, but you won't be able to obviously be watching it as it comes right. out. Right. I don't know if I can handle that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, 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 this is kind of my prediction and then we'll probably wrap this up. I was going to talk a little bit about enterprise, but maybe we can save that for another time. The, sure. um, what I was going to say is what I think will happen with, with this show is that if in the first few weeks, like the very first episode, I believe is supposed to be on network TV. Mm-hmm. I think the pilot or the first episode will show up on CBS network TV. They've already said that if it's really good. And then if people start watching, if they pay for the service and start talking about like, if the, the show is good, the first few episodes, then people are going to have a harder time. Like, like you're saying, not watching it as it airs. If mm-hmm. people are saying, Oh, it's just kind of okay. In other words, I think if there's good word of mouth, it's kind of like when a movie comes out. If there if there's good word of mouth, more people are going to sign up and watch it, and not wait till it um, until it shows up where you can just watch it all at once or whatever. We'll we'll see. I mean, I hope it does well. I think I've heard that they've already basically committed to at least two seasons. They've already got money set aside for that. So. Uh, well, I'm interested because I've heard it's also maybe episodic, where they'll follow one ship of characters for a while and then they'll switch to another one you know in a different i don't know if they've that's been a rumor i don't mm-hmm. think that they've said anything official like that the the only thing that i've heard officially was that they're saying that the season will have a sort of arc to it like the whether that means the next uh season will have a, a completely different group of people or, or mm-hmm. arc or what what it'll be they have you know they've been pretty frugal with with anything they've released officially and it's also why it wasn't much of a surprise that they changed it from january starting to next may because that you know the 
they haven't even like announced any characters or casting or anything yet. So, uh, but it, it should be good. I mean, it, hey, you know, after eleven more years, twelve years almost, by the time it airs, you know, to finally have new Star Trek on on, we'll call it TV for lack of a better word, streaming. Uh, at least we finally got Star Trek back. So. Yes. It's what people all have wanted, right? They've all been screaming like, ah, the movies, they're just the movies. Even though, you know, Star Trek Beyond, I think we, I, I listened to you guys' show and you guys liked it. I liked it. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a good movie, but it's just a two-hour movie, right? So, yeah. It needs to be a te- television series. I think so. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I hope it, I hope it's good and I hope it's, uh, I hope it's so good that everybody wants to sign up for it. And so they keep doing it. Um, I mean, it's, it's the new way, I guess, this, this, pay-per-view thing what what were you gonna say i'm sorry have they said whether or not it's gonna be like in the prime universe or if it's gonna be in the yeah they've they've said that it's gonna be in the prime universe they said it's gonna be not it won't be like they're gonna be operating in an apple store with their ship yeah no there there's there's some pretty official announcements that have come out in the in the in the past few months you know it's gonna be it's supposedly it's set about 10 years before the original star trek before tos so it's yeah yeah, that that is interesting yeah, because uh, I've heard rumors that number one from the pilot of TOS might be. Well, the the talk or the rumor was that I mean, I mean, I don't think it's really a rumor. They've sort of have said that she may be called number one, this okay. character, but okay. because you know, even Picard called Riker number one, right? Mm-hmm. So whether that means she's the actual same character as in you know the first you know pilot of Star Trek played by Majel Jill Barrett at the time, you know, whether that's the same person, same character, I don't know. But yeah, they said she may be referred to as number one. So people have kind of, I don't think they've officially said one way or the other if that's the same character or not. But yeah, oh. it's set just a little before TOS. And and that's, that's about all they know. And then they had that little short little clip that showed the ship supposedly a little pre, pre-rendering that, that got everybody what up in arms. Design? Say again? What do you think about the design, the ship design? Uh, I'm trying to not think about it too much. Yeah, me either. I'm just like, let's just see what happens. Yeah, I, 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 person I, I, that wants it, to see it in it doesn't, before I judge. Yeah, exactly. It's like seeing a, a preview to a movie, a trailer, or mm-hmm. and then people all get so worked up about about it, you know, without seeing it. Things can look really either great in a in a trailer, or they can look bad and be good. You know, in other words, it doesn't it doesn't mean much. Plus, it's um. It was said that that was just sort of a very pre-rendering. People kind of got a little upset because it looked a little, it not the effect didn't look all that great. Uh, and then, and then they started to look at the sh- design and said, "Oh, it looks like it's a mashup of of a Klingon ship and a and a Federation ship or a Starfleet ship, I should say." Mm-hmm. So who know who knows? But I'm I'm okay. I mean, I it all comes down to what's what's the stories, what are the writing, what's the writing, and what are the characters for me. I don't get, I mean, I, yeah, there are ships and designs and things I like better than others, but that doesn't stop me or make me not want to watch something or make me even want to watch it much more. It's more about the characters and the, and the stories. So, well, this has been good. This has been good. I'm glad we finally did this. We'll have to do it again sometime, uh, during you, during your break from anomaly for a little bit while you maybe have a little more time and, uh. So, uh, so why don't you wrap up and for anyone who's listening, who doesn't really know that much about your show, go ahead and, uh, plug away and then we'll wrap this thing up. 
Okay. Well, our show is called Anomaly, the Anomaly Podcast. Uh, you can find us at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. And uh, we are kind of the Laverne and Shirley to Rico's Happy Days. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. You're a spinoff show. We were one. Of, we are the first spinoff. You were the show. first spinoff, so you're the most yeah. beloved. That's what I say. <laughs> so uh, all of those spinoffs have to learn from you guys. So. Yeah, they're all they're all on, they're doing a good job. No, I, I I've always said my idea was to have plenty of spinoffs. I can just sit back and collect the residuals, and then I can quit, and uh, and then you guys can just carry on. So, uh, but no, you guys do a great job, and uh, I always look forward to it. And I I missed austin comic-con this year sad sad face but next year next year we're going somewhere next year just tell angela and everyone down there we're gonna we're gonna do something we will and uh whether it whether it's just to go to the con or have a booth again or somewhere something else whatever we'll do something so um are they all off on that ren fair thing now Yes, they're going to uh, the Texas Renaissance Festival. Because um, you guys always cover that, or you usually do, don't used, you, I think? We used to do it every year. Um, yeah. I have been every year for about, geez, as long as I've known Angela, about 13 years. Oh, wow. But yeah. um, we have a wedding the same weekend. We have a wedding this weekend to go to that's really important. That's the same oh, It's just a wedding. Ever. Come on. They're going to be married for a long time. It's my first cousin. <laughs> He's kind of my brother. He's like my brother. It would oh, be. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, I understand. I know how you. on Facebook of me and my Renaissance costume, it would be obvious that <laughs> I ditched for that. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Well, so you could, I, you know, you could just sort of like, you know, send them a picture and say, you know, hey, wish you were here. And you, know. <laughs> you really should have your wedding at the Texas Renaissance. Festival. Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? You could dress oh, in all oh, kinds of period costumes. I and told stuff. David, if yeah. we ever do, like, if we ever renew our vows, I want it to be at the Texas Renaissance. Oh, you festival. haven't talked him into the Star Wars lightsaber wedding where they, everybody holds up their lightsaber and you guys have to walk under them. We or any? have to renew our vows on a number of occasions. So I okay. can have that too. You yes. can do a Star Trek one, a Star a Wars Jedi one. Wedding. Yeah, you can do a yeah, you can do that. Well, Jedi aren't supposed to marry though, you know. No, I know. I hey, I have to ask you before we go. Are you are you watching as it comes out? Yes. The new Rebels. I am. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, that was a good first episode. I liked it. It was. And yeah. Yeah, Ezra's getting there. Yeah. No, I like it a lot. I like the fact that it's a it's a fun show and and people if you aren't watching Star Wars Rebels and I have had a couple people that have that I've basically I've 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 said just watch a couple and trust me and they did and they love it. So uh so you should be watching it and the new season is really good. I mean, it's only been one episode so far, but it was a hour long one and it was good. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, we'll probably cover it on the Star Wars stacks. That's the show I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you should mention that. Mention your Star Wars stacks too if they yeah. don't. Yeah, go ahead. Well, um I don't know many of you may some of you may have heard the episode that we did um for Rico Kenobi. for his show, the Great Kenobi book. review that we did uh, the book about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, that and needs so- to be a movie so bad. It does. Yeah. But we enjoyed ourselves so much, we decided to start another podcast all about... Just what um, you need, another podcast. The, I know, right? <laughs> the more more time. Books. We cover um, the Legends line, that, which is called what, it, what it's called now, and the new canon. So we love both, both of the books, uh, both um, halves of the EU, I guess you would say. And we, we cover that. And we talk about you know Star, Star Wars news, and we talk about Star Trek. Which some of our more diehard fans of Star Wars are like, again, 
Hey, that's all right. I enjoy those episodes, so hey, they can listen. Or they can just have a break that week, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah. You guys announce pretty much what you're talking about, I mean, at the beginning of the show or in your show notes, so they, yeah. yeah. Chris just did a great interview with John Jackson Miller. Yeah, that was good. Star, yeah. Star Trek books that he's working on right now. Yeah. It's the second time he's been on the show, and he's the only author who will come on our show. <laughs> so we're pretty proud of it. <laughs> Usually authors are fairly easy. You know, you guys. Uh, for whatever reason, I guess Disney has a. like a Right. Book. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. You're in the Disney world because, yeah. you know, I'm thinking of the Star Trek authors. You know, you're in the they're in the clamp down. Like, who are you talking to? Who's on <laughs> your phone? You know, mm, they're just afraid to talk to anyone. Yeah, that's a little tricky. I I wonder how he manages it. Well, he he does well, Star Trek well, mostly, right? Did or you hear the reviews? Did you hear the? Re- I mean, he did Kenobi, but uh, sorry. Yeah, or did you hear the interview with John Jackson Miller? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, he is a geek. Yeah, he's a nerd, and he just enjoys talking about it. And that's what I think the reason why he comes on. Plus, he's just a super cool guy. Yeah, he is. He was really, uh, it was good. It was a good show. And uh, yeah, so listen to Star Wars Stacks, listen to Anomaly, or or watch their video shows too. You guys just did one uh, on Suicide Suicide Squad Squad. not not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good stuff. And uh, well, thanks, Jen. I appreciate you taking time out on on a Friday night. We're recording Friday night before I release this on Sunday this weekend. But I got a busy weekend of playing in my garage again. Ugh, it's killing me. <laughs> it's almost there. I'm almost ready to paint. So, ugh, so much work. Drywalling, I hate it. But it's actually coming together pretty good. So uh, you can tell uh, maybe next time I'll just have your husband Dave come down and do it for me sure. or something. Sure, come up. <laughs> it's, it's, or, or, it depends on which direction you go. I watched that uh, In the Heart of the Sea uh, movie the other night with uh about moby dick the the you know i don't know if you saw the previews for that thor's in it chris hemsworth he's on oh, okay. the on the ship and uh yeah so uh it was pretty it was pretty good and they sailed around you know the the cape horn you know the tip of south america and so you can go the other direction if you come from texas that to would Michigan. be the long way around. it's just a long longer way around yeah it is it's a little longer but you get there you know well, thanks. Thanks again. And uh, I'm going to stop the recording, as I usually say. But everyone out there listening, thanks again for listening, downloading Treks and Sci-Fi. You can always uh, learn more about the show either at treksandsci-fi.com or on the Facebook group or page or just drop me an email anytime at treksf at gmail.com. So, so this is Rico and... This is Jen and this has been a Rico Dosti <laughs> podcast presentation. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Isn't very, that what they do on very impromptu the clip? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm not asking you to sing or anything. So, uh, oh no, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> you you guys that. need to do. If I had one request for the for we'll call it the 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 new anomaly, like new Coke, when you guys come back in a month or so or whatever, I, I want more singing. I want okay. more singing. All right, more singing. All right, thanks. More thanks. More cowbell. More <laughs> golf clap. More uh, gamma quadrant golf clap. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. For more information on Treks and Sci-Fi, visit the Treks and Sci-Fi website at www.treksandsci-fi.com.